we conclude today with our Great Expectations series. We've run this now for almost five weeks. We've talked about the expectations that we have of God, but perhaps more importantly, the expectations that He has of us. The expectations we have of God, we know rather easily. We, we just expect. But sometimes the expectations He has of us are extremely difficult. The word easy is never used. We are tasked. But as followers of the living Christ, we are asked to do these things. And today we talk about love. Boy, I think we talk about love more than anything else, don't we? Isn't that important? I'm reminded, reminded 901 today, I'm reminded of the uh, pastor that was appointed to a church. up, And he preached a whole sermon on love and everybody loved it. Fun. And the second week he got up and he preached the same exact sermon on love. And the third week he got up and he preached once again the same sermon on love. This went on for about two months until the SPR finally had to call him in and say, what are you doing? You're preaching the same sermon over and over and over again. Pastor said, when the people learn how to love, then I'll change the sermon and we'll do something new and different. Love is who we are, folks. Love is what we're supposed to be about. As difficult as it may be sometimes, that's what Christ has asked us to do. And I go now to the Gospel of John. John the Beloved. We're going to go to the 15th chapter. And I'm not going to read from the very first. I'm going to start at the ninth verse. John 15, 9. And this is what John says. He's, he's talking about Jesus' words. This is Jesus addressing his disciples not long before his crucifixion. As the Father has loved me, so I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. This is the word of God for the people of God. Would you bow your heads with me, please? And Father, now may we hide in the shadow of your cross. May my words be your words. May my thoughts be your thoughts. And as we gather in this place, Father, let us have open hearts, open ears, open eyes, that you might teach and instruct each of us. And then bless us with your spirit that we might go forth and do in the name of the living Lord. Amen. 
As I look back on my life, one of the things that I consider most poignant, most memorable, is my time as a pilot in the Marine Corps. And I would have to tell you that it was during that time, as strange as it may sound, that I really learned what love was all about. It's kind of a strange place, a strange group to learn about love, the United States Marine Corps and love. They don't really teach us that, I don't think. But I want to tell you that even though it may sound misplaced, when you're with people that you draw close to and that ultimately sometimes have to make the ultimate sacrifice, you understand exactly what love is all about. Especially when you're deployed in dangerous areas and you're totally dependent upon one another, there is a depth of relationship, a breadth of commitment that you can't find any place else. And when things really get bad, you are there for each other, sometimes including the ultimate sacrifice. It is difficult to describe, but I can assure you it is real. It is real. It is a bond impossible to break, It is a commitment impossible to measure. It is a love impossible to describe. In the gospel passage that we just read from John, Jesus is giving his disciples his final words, his final instructions before his crucifixion. This follows in the passage when he talks about vines and branches and abiding in him. And now he's talking about serving each other, which goes hand in hand with loving each other. Jesus knew that his disciples would not find love in the world. The world would turn away from the message of Jesus Christ. Yea, verily, even today, do we not turn away from it or hate it or ignore it? But nevertheless, We, like the disciples, are called to love each other. Despite what happens, we are called to love. And when we love each other, we experience the joy of being obedient to God. When we love one another, we allow the Holy Spirit to work inside of us, and we are changed. We are different. We are Christ-like. The stronger our faith, the more that we will do. And the things we do for God and for others brings glory and pleasure to the Father and to his kingdom. In many respects, I'd like to tell you that the men and women of the different squadrons that I served on in the United States Marine Corps were of the same ilk. They were willing to sacrifice their lives for the freedoms of others, the freedoms that we so richly enjoy. They were willing to come and offer aid to other people, people in need, sometimes, as I mentioned, paying the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus demonstrated that same sacrifice when he died on the cross. It's the same type of love that we witness out of our Savior. When we love another, when we love another person, we act as God's hands and feet, and we are showing that kind of love. Loving others as God has loved us is at the very heart of Christian discipleship. You can't really be a servant of the living Lord. You can't be a disciple of Jesus Christ unless you love. Unless you love. I think almost all of you would agree that we all want to love and be loved, don't we? All of us want to love and be loved. There may be nothing more powerful than that desire. 
Without it, life would at the best be incomplete, and at the worst, it would be downright desperate. The yearning to love and be loved, male and female alike, is something that God built into each and every one of us. He designed us for relationship. The need in each of us that we would be in relationship not only with him, but with one another. We need it. He made us that way. And if we are honest with each other, we all expect God to love us. No matter what we do, we expect God to love us. But the other side of the coin, the other side, what are we willing to do for him? How obedient are we are in meeting God's expectations for us in loving others with the love that he's already shown us? Now, perhaps the first thing I need to do is tell you what love is not. Maybe that would be good. Love is not lust. It isn't the same. Love gives, lust takes. Love values, lust uses. Love endures, lust fades away. Love certainly is not the same as romance. We all like to be romantic, most of us. Some of you guys can say just the right words, and the female of the species will just melt in your arms, right? Some of you women can give the guys just the right look, and we become like little boys all over again. I'm talking about moonlight dinners, candlelight dinners, soft music, starry nights, romance, but that's not love. That is not love. And love is certainly more than the physical aspect of male and female. That passionate love in the Greek as we find is eros, defined as an instinctive physical attraction which can often be highlighted as an infatuation. That overwhelming physical feeling, but that's not love. So what is love? How in the world do you know it when you experience it? How in the world can we share it if we don't know what it is? Quite simply, love is sacrifice. It is the sacrifice of oneself. It's the gift of oneself to another. Sean's already mentioned it, but we had a wedding here yesterday. Bob and Elaine. And I used part of this gospel message in that. Used verse 13. And for all of you who are married... All of you who were like to be married, all of you who just want a nice relationship and want to figure out what love is all about, you might want to go to verse 13 here in the Gospel of John that I've already read you, because this is what it says. No one has greater love than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. It's kind of an unusual passage to use in a wedding, isn't it? To lay down one's life for one's friends. Chances are, you that are married will probably have to never have to lay down your physical life for your spouse, but you most assuredly will have to give yourself up for your spouse. You will have to give yourself up for your spouse. Every day of your marriage, you will continue to give yourself up. That's what love sacrificial love is all about. It means putting your spouse's interest in front of yours, their wants, their desires, their happiness in front of yours. And it's not easy because we all have the human tendency of what? Selfishness. 
we're first. Everybody else is second. Now I have to share with you, Laurie and I are going through a decision-making process right now. And it can't be based on what I want, although that's often the way it is. That's selfish. And that's not what marriage or love should be about. It has to be the other person and not you. But I won't use the word easy. I will use the word of how difficult it is. But that's what love should be. If you want a better understanding of what love is, look at what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about sacrificing self to someone else. God loved us, so he gave his only begotten son. Who in the world would ever give their son for somebody else? And yet, our father did. He gave his son because he loved us so much. Love is not revealed in empty words. It's, it's revealed in deeds, in actions, in sacrifices. That's how you know real love. The words are cheap. It's the deeds that are difficult. Love. Love is modeled by God is the giving of self, and it is synonymous with sacrifice. Love always pays a price, folks. Love always costs something. Love is always expensive. Love is for someone else. It's not for you. Love is a gift. It doesn't grab. It doesn't demand. Mother Teresa was once asked about how she accomplished such great things in her life. And she said, none of us can do anything great on our own. But we can all do a small thing with great love. I love that picture. None of us can do a great thing all on our own. But we can each do a small thing with great love. If we have the passion of love that Jesus Christ has, we can do a small thing with great love. Love is something you deliberately decide to do. It's something you deliberately decide to give. And here in the Gospel of John, these are Jesus' last earthly words, his instructions to his disciples as he prepares them for a major transition. The church is about to be born, and as is anything that gets to be born, something else has to be sacrificed. And as the church is born, Jesus Christ is sacrificed on the cross. As the Father has loved me, so I love you, so you should love one another. When when all else fades, when nothing else matters, folks, what is the most compelling, what is the most powerful, what's the most enduring force in the entire cosmos? Love. Love. And this is not a what do I get out of it love. This is not a what I need love. This is a sacrificial love. C.S. Lewis, the great English scholar, when he did a study on various Greek words, came to distinguish between need love and gift love. Listen closely. Need love should be self-evident to all of us. It's the most common love in the world. I love you because you meet my needs. 
might be self-esteem is boosted or I just want you around, but I love you for that. Love, need love is based on emptiness. Need love wants to attain stuff, wants to grasp stuff. Compare that to gift love, a giving love. Instead of being born of emptiness, it's born of fullness. The goal of gift love is to enrich someone else. You diminish and someone else rises. You don't extract value from them. You give it openly and honestly. Our world says, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. But that's not how love works. Christ says, you do good for people who are incapable of doing anything for you, and you love them. Agape love. Sacrificial love. That Greek word agape that I just used, that's virtually a Christian invention. It was a new word for a new kind of love that they were experiencing. Apart from about 20 occurrences in the Greek Old Testament, you don't find any reference to agape love until you get to the New Testament, until you get to describe the love that Jesus Christ had. The love is the very revelation of God through and in Jesus Christ. It's an intense fruit of the Holy Spirit. And it's a basic element of what it means to be Christ-like. You know, of all the things that Jesus Christ could have told his disciples, of all the instructions he could have left us down through the ages written in the Gospel of John, what does he choose? He chooses the words love and relationship. Love and relationship. The next day he dies on a cross. And I can't help but think his last breath on the cross and his first breath in resurrection heaven didn't have our names written all over it. Whispers our names in love. Dies sacrificially for each of us. Christ still whispers our names. Christ whispers our names when we're formed in our mother's womb. Christ whispers our names when we're baptized. Christ whispers our names when we come to this altar rail to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion. Christ whispers our names when he calls out for us to ask for forgiveness when we have turned away because of our selfish desires and our self-centered judgments. Christ whispers our names. Christ whispers our names when we stray so far away from him that not only do we lose sight of our Savior, but we lose sight of his precious sacrificial love. Christ whispers our names. And no matter how far you wander, no matter how far afield you stray, if you'll just be quiet long enough, if you'll just listen hard enough, you'll hear his words. Listen to me, child. Listen to me. I love you. I love you. We expect to love. We expect to be loved. But what are we willing to do to sacrificially share that love with others? We are loved, folks. I can't help but think he whispers our names every day. 
But my question to you is are we willing to share that love with others? Not just the people we like, the people we don't like, the people we don't know. Are we willing to share that love and give the greatest gift that any of us can ever give? Ourselves. Would you bow your heads with me, please?